0: Welcome to Wise Guides, a wake up in science education, a
1: student led podcast series produced for the New York State Children's Environmental Health Center, a product of HBCAC and their Prevention is the Cure campaign. And now, here's your Wise Guides. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wise Guides. It is a Dreary. It's not dreary. It is a little dreary. What's today? Monday? Sunday? Sunday morning. Yep. The weekend is coming to an end. The long holiday break is coming to an end. No. <laughs> um. It looks like it's about to rain outside, and I think that's why I'm so tired this morning.
0: It's been snowing here for the past hour.
1: Snowing?
0: Yeah.
1: I would trade places with you in a heartbeat. It's <laughs> about to rain.
0: I think it's raining near me uh, throughout the rest of the day, though, so mm.
1: it's
0: not going to last for too long.
1: Yeah, not a huge fan of rain. I think I think some people know that by now. But Matt, how your how's how's New Year's Eve? How was New Year's? How was Christmas? How did everything I
0: mean, go? Oh my God, it was fantastic, but it left too quickly.
1: Same here. New Year's was fun. Um, Christmas was a good time. Everything was like just ch- everything was chill. You know, nothing crazy, but I'm just kind of sad it's coming to an end because, I mean, I have to go to work and I hate that. And it's mm-hmm. not fun and I'm tired and morning shifts and closing shifts and mm-hmm. God, I just, I'm just not excited. However, um, with the new year coming in, thank God 2020 was quite awful. I mean, I think you can agree with that.
0: Yep. I'm very optimistic for 2021 uh just everything aside I just think it's gonna be a good year whatever goes down my- actually no, that's not true but you know it's it couldn't be worse than 2020 so
1: don't i not think- it that sounds like you're drinking it
0: but no, I'm-, I'm telling you though 2021 is going to be a great year I can feel it
1: I really hope so I mean it can only go up from here I really if we go lower from here I don't know like <laughs> I'm
0: okay though
1: we have to reach a threshold eventually. Yeah. Um, anyways, so like I said, the new year is coming in. So not only is the political climate changing, but now we're stuck in a position where we're trying to save our earthly climate. And it is changing at a un- unequivocally rapid rate, and it is becoming unreversible. Mm-hmm. Actually, in my opinion, it is it is unreversible. I feel like for the past few years, you've been saying, like, oh, if we don't catch up with climate change, it will become irreversible. Like, right. it has come to that point, I think.
0: You know, you want to know something interesting? So, on um, like two days after Christmas or something like that, uh, my family and I went to New York City and we were walking around um, Union Square and Washington Square Park. Okay. And there's this building, you know where Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Where yeah, it's like Yeah, there's like a bunch of buildings surrounding uh Union Square. And this mm-hmm. one building had a big electronic sign that pretty much was a countdown for when the world would fall apart, when the when Earth would fall apart due to uh climate change. And yeah, it, no, it predicted seven years from now. I don't know how true that is, but I don't know, that was really interesting.
1: I feel like it's it's isn't that terrifying? We literally have like a doomsday clock in New York City. Like it could not get more cliche and movie-esque than that. (laughs) But that's exactly what it is. It's Mm -hmm. it's literally a ticking time bomb before our earth falls apart. And I know you said that like like how like true that is, but when you really think about the extent, like what is climate change, I feel like people are like, oh, like. The earth is warming up because of CO2 gases. Yes. Yes. That is what it is. But where are all these greenhouse gases coming from? Mm -hmm. It's not just car emissions. It's fast fashion. It's the fast food industry. It's the agricultural industry. It's everything. It's literally everything. And the fact, and it's, it's deforestation. And it's the fact that we're cutting down trees and we're not replanting trees Mm -hmm. and to, to, you know, to absorb CO2 gases. Right. Which even then, trees are, like, our best friends. They do they do so much for us. But even then, like, there's not enough of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's not enough adult trees, obviously, because we cut them down, to help, like, with the repercussions of this. And, like, that's why it gets me, like, we're going to talk about a little bit later on, like, what you can do to become a better human being and just become educated. <laughs> but it's super important to be, to think it's cool to be relevant in like public policy now like to even if you don't want to actively use a voice just do your best to try to be aware about what's going on like i'm i'm scared i think about this way too often like i was writing these notes last night at like 3 a.m and i was like this is terrifying like i i'm so scared because the fact that we have a doomsday clock People are still like, oh, yeah, whatever. We'll be fine.
0: It is very scary. That's dangerous.
1: Anyway, that was my little I'm scared of death tangent. <laughs> let's, let's, <laughs> let's move on. Let's move on. So I was doing some research, Matt, as one does.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I typed in climate on like the White House website and only only articles about like economy or agriculture popped up. There was no – and I skimmed a few articles. There was n- nothing – about the climate has gone from like de- debating that human caused climate change was like a thing, to like to arguing it that doesn't exist at all. Right. That's such a part terrifying.
0: Of yeah. I remember saying a few months ago we're such we're in such a good position to help the environment. You know, this is like such a strange time where we can re position our lives and do things differently. And we really don't get this opportunity that often. So I guess that's kind of looking at the bright side of COVID and this whole year, but um, we're still in a good position to change. Uh, We're always in a good position to change, but especially now when still, um, both of my parents are working from home. And I know uh, when I was in New York City, I actually saw stars at night. That is the first time I saw my god. Standing in New York City, so that was crazy. Um, but I'm sure that's not just chance; that's due to less trains and cruise ships and cars. And it's uh, just like
1: less smog in the atmosphere in general,
0: right? And you know, we could still change. We can still go down that path and improve the environment that we call home. Uh, You know, we're in such a good position to make change and change the future. So now really is the time to seize that moment.
1: Totally. And like, I hate to be a downer on that beautiful speech that you just gave, but like, time is, time is literally of the essence and like... Mm -hmm. We'll talk about later. This is my favorite thing that I wrote. I, well, I'm gonna just, we'll get to it later, but just how to be a better person and just be aware of what's happening. Even if you choose not to be, you should still be aware of what's happening internally and do your best to be a better person. But well, we'll get there, we'll get there. So like I was saying, like politicians have campaigns that are carefully influenced by big oil industries. And like, when you really think about it, it makes so much sense. Like, why are they so anti-climate? Why are they so, well, sorry, anti-climate change? And why are they so like big oil, big, big company, big, big corporations? Like, why are they so pro these things? Mm-hmm. It's because of money, corruption. Right. Everything is being fueled by a source of, you know, cash and flow. We have minimal regulation on CO2 emissions that are released and pollutants that are being release into the atmosphere, whether that's through the air, which it mostly is, but through our water. Um, Like so many factories and companies don't really have to get rid of their waste in a somewhat environmentally sound way. Now they can just like let their chemicals run off into ponds, into rivers, into the ocean. Oh my God. And
0: it's not only a contaminant that hurts the environment. It's a contaminant that hurts every human being walking on Earth. It's, I mean, not to take like a selfish approach, um, but, you know, you have to think about the human consequences as well. Human action drives human consequences. And totally. that's exactly what's happening here.
1: I mean, I still think about how, like, I mean, this is a little bit off topic, but like, it's terrifying to me that people in our country can't have clean water and food. Like that is a basic need, and I feel like everything stems from, you know, just not putting our money in the right places. And I feel right. like climate change is one of those things where it's like,
0: it how- shouldn't be an issue that's debated amongst political parties. It should. Oh,
1: totally. It is not a partisan issue at all. It is very much so. It's just science, mm-hmm. and it's funny how like now today, like. Which is crazy because we know more than ever, but we refuse to acknowledge it—the facts more than ever. Mm. Which is so funny because I feel like now you can pick and choose what you want, like what you want to know. But like back then, and I'm not even talking about like years and years ago. I'm literally talking about like 2008, <laughs> 2007. Like mm. the blatant facts were there, and I feel like now we're just refusing to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. Matt, I don't know if you know this, but we sit on so much coal the u.s has a lot of coal like a tons tons and tons and tons of it but the reason why we don't necessarily burn it is because it makes it climate change deniers can't deny that like when you burn coal the smog that is released for it forget like the things that you can't see like the nitrous oxide and the right. terrible terrible chemicals that if you breathe them in it will 100 percent lead to a lot li- a life long-term illness but when you burn coal the soot that goes into the atmosphere will literally linger in the atmosphere because it has nowhere to go and because it's actually like particulate matter it like just it won't like dissipate it'll be in the atmosphere and then that soot smog combination in conjunction with like sunlight causes a whole other problem because that's a chemical reaction that is literally like You might as well be breathing in, like, Lysol. Like, I don't don't know why Lysol is the first thing I thought of. No, but literally, like, you might as well be breathing in, like, dirt. Not even dirt. Dirt would be better. You're just breathing in a chemical concoction of just, like, for lack of a better term, like, you're breathing in cancer. Like, it's just... That's why people in China, because because coal is so cheap to produce and because we have so much of it... um, it's just cheap and people think, oh my God, if, if we have so much coal, it's cheap, we should burn it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like in, what they do in China, but like they all wear face masks even way before we right. were ma- wearing masks
0: right. because how polluted their environment has become. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's sad, but that kind of made me think of something. So at least we have some kind of support behind anti-smoking and anti-vaping. And we do have some support behind climate change, but it's such a debated issue between whether it's science or fiction. Um, still, people just refuse to believe the scientific fact behind climate change and what it currently is doing to our environment and how it's changing human lives. Whereas smoking and e cigarette use.
1: Now more than ever, we are aware of the ramifications of smoking. I don't. Everyone has seen the smoking ads. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I know like my grandpa, for example, used to smoke cigarettes all the time. But obviously he stopped eventually because he was like, oh, this is not good for me. I don't feel good (laughs) like sometimes when I smoke. But like, I don't know anyone. I don't have a single friend or a friend's friend. I don't know anyone in my age group that smokes cigarettes. Vaping, yes. I know tons of people that vape, and it's worse. It's equivalent to smoking cigarettes, but. That being said, I feel like once information came out about cigarettes, everyone was, like, straight away from them.
0: Mm-hmm. People... It's not a hoax. It's literal science.
1: But that's what it is. It's like, okay, it's science, but when you say that climate change is backed by science, people are like, oh, what? the No. Mm-hmm. That's a hoax. Like, that. that's what, it... we're choosing what we want to believe right. rather than right. just taking what we know at face value and dealing with it
0: people most people at least don't feel the effects of climate change or witness the effects of climate change to their own knowledge yeah Uh, i guess you know when you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day you're gonna notice soon enough so i guess that's really the big issue people are selfish i guess and um, you're totally totally right about that they they will only change something if it's Affecting them And even then it's hard for them to make a change
1: Exactly Which is kind of scary to me because, but, but but also That goes back to being like I guess not Aware of how severe it is mm-hmm. Like I said earlier Everything causes climate change Us recording this podcast right now Is inadvertently leading to it Or has already led to it mm-hmm. Look I'm using a laptop I mean that used tons of plastic keys They had to mine for this aluminum Right. They had to create this glass using fossil fuels. Like it's everything we do because I'm I'm wearing leggings and I'm wearing a hoodie right now like that. This is like like not only did we probably exploit some poor child's labor in like China, but like I'm I'm repping climate change. Like we're all we're all a part of the problem, mm-hmm. every single one of us. And that's not to say like I know I'm like this sounds very extreme. But I feel like that's, like, the point that it's come to. But we'll we'll get there. We're not even, like, halfway through this. <laughs> I don't really know much about, like, oh, my, oh, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Matt has a Tesla. I don't really know much about electric cars, so I feel like you should take this away. This is.
0: Just, sure. So yeah. let's see. So Joe Biden has famously promised to spend. trillion on climate relief over the next four years, which is a better attempt than any other president has made, to my knowledge, to uh, fix the climate issue. Joe Biden plans to achieve a 100% 100 clean energy economy and net zero emissions no later than 2050. And to do this, he wishes to restore the full electric vehicle tax credit, which was $7,500 which has since phased out as of December 31st, 2020. So by reinstituting this federal tax credit, you incentivize people to purchase electric cars, plug-in hybrids, even just regular hybrid vehicles. Um, So these vehicles get much better gas mileage if they even take gasoline. So you have three different kinds of cars. You have your battery electric vehicles bevs um, which are solely powered by electricity like teslas um, so you will never have to visit a gas station ever again you simply plug in your car and walk away and in a few hours fully charged and you can go on your way and batteries are becoming a lot more efficient to this day the most efficient battery produced by Tesla gets over 400 miles of range on a single charge, which is incredible.
2: That's crazy. Um,
0: I could go from my house to Savannah's house and back without having to charge or do anything really. So it's it's getting better and there's definitely competition rising in that sector, so that's good. That only um, that's great.
2: More,
0: yeah. <laughs> it only promotes more efficient battery and uh, technology use. Next, you have your plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, which includes Toyota Prius plug-ins. I know Volvo makes one, Chevy makes one. Um, There are a lot of different companies that make plug-in hybrids. And these are more efficient than your regular hybrids. Um, Usually they get anywhere between like 10 and 25 miles of range. And then the rest is gasoline. But it's still better than nothing. And it's a good... Economic. It's an economically friendly alternative. Next, you have your hybrid electric ve- hybrid electric vehicles, um, which rely primarily on gas but have electric components like regenerative braking. So, regen braking is pretty much where, when you lift your foot off of the gas pedal, the battery starts to charge. So, it actually it takes the friction created by you decelerating and it puts that charge back into the battery so it's it's definitely good technology and even fully electric cars have uh regen braking
1: that's so interesting Like i know literally nothing about cars like i go to get my car service and i'm like i don't even know what i'm supposed to do. like i don't even know what that means to get my car service like what like what are they doing like just i don't even know but i have a honda civic and i didn't even know that that's kind of cool uh i wish i had a prius i'm not even gonna lie to you but i don't <laughs>
0: now now they call regen braking like one foot driving and it's it's pretty much like that so in like a tesla for instance when the light the traffic light suddenly turns red you take your foot off of the accelerator and the car starts braking. but you're not actually using your brakes your brakes are not worn down uh from the regen braking it's just the friction created puts that energy back into the battery. And sometimes you can even see, like if you're going down a steep hill, you can actually see miles being added to your battery's charge. It's crazy.
2: Weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's really cool. You really never have to put your foot on the brake unless you're coming to a complete stop, um, like at a stop sign. But it it will come to the point where maybe you will never have to put your foot on the brake ever again. Who knows? Uh, but that's that's where we're going. And I think cars are definitely evolving every single day to better the environment, which is good.
1: To kind of segue from that, Pete Buttigieg, who Joe Biden has elected to be the Secretary of Transportation, has shared his hopes for the future of electric cars in late December 2021, which kind of goes back to what Matt said about how uh, competition is arising, like randomly, which is awesome because the more competition there is, the more likely it is to shift the consumer market. I mean, like, that's how it usually works. Like, you know, even for the most like basic comparison, like buying like cinnamon toast crunch and then buying like cinnamon squares, like that's competition.
0: (laughs) So on December 21st, Pete tweeted, to meet the climate crisis, we must put millions of new electric vehicles on America, on America's roads it's time to build public charging infrastructure powered by clean energy and make it available in all parts of this country. And it's not just in the federal government where they're making these changes, but even in California, the governor, I believe, wants to ban the sale of internal combustion engine cars by 2035, which is ambitious. But hey, if it ends up happening, that would be fantastic.
1: Where did you say this was?
0: In California.
1: Oh, I did hear about that. Did, did you? I'm sure you have. And if you haven't, I'm going to tell you now. The um, the state of California was, like, in a lawsuit, What weren't they? About, like, they wanted to restrict carbon emissions and have their own, like, climate agenda going on for the state of California. Oh, I'm
0: actually not sure.
1: You, oh, okay. Well, basically, the state of California obviously is, you know, the wildfires and they have their own set of ramifications of climate change happening happening within within their state visibly so their like local and state governments were like okay if we won't have if we're unable to have national climate agenda then we should just make our own because we're California and we can do that and we're cool yeah. <laughs> um they tried to like set you know like really strict standards on how much pollution was emitted in their state and they were you know, welcomed by a ton of backlash. Now, I'm not sure, like, where that story settles in terms of, oh, like, like, what ended up happening. But from you saying that, I guess they're on the right path to kind of keep al- keep going along with their, you know,
0: strict carbon emission agenda. Mm-hmm. And Which, it's, it's not even in just progressive places like California. Right. Even in New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, They have incentives for electric vehicles. Up until, I think it was December 31st, in New Jersey, if you bought a new electric car, you would get a $5,000 state tax credit or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. And that was just instituted by Governor Murphy a year ago or something like that recently. But in other locations as well. And it's not just on electric vehicles. It's also on renewable energy like solar and different things like that. So it's it's good to know that at least some parts of our government and regulation system is trying to make change.
1: Totally. But I feel like sometimes this is the stuff that we don't hear about mm-hmm. um, very often and that it's good news. And I wish that this was out in our mainstream media more right. often than the negative inf- connotations to climate change. Right. I want to and see many, more of what people are doing instead of what people aren't doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, many people don't know about the incentives and different things. I know in New Jersey, if you buy an electric vehicle, you pay no tax on the vehicle, which is substantial because what is it like six and a half percent sales tax on a forty thousand, dollars dollars car is a few thousand dollars. Really? So when you're saving that kind of money, it's, it's kind of like a no brainer.
1: Yeah, totally. And I feel like even when people are aware of their incentives, they still choose to believe whatever they want to believe, which yeah. is the problem, but we'll adjust that in a little bit. Before we talk about, you know, like, renewable energy and what is renewable energy, let's just talk about the general effects of climate change. So, the planet's surface temperature has risen about 2.05 degrees Fahrenheit since the late 19th century. And although people are like, oh, it's just a degree, it's just two degrees, Mm -hmm. think about an entire, like, I don't even know how big the Earth is, but that entire thing is heating up. That's, like, me... Like think about a human's temperature going up, right? We're at like 97 point something. We go up two degrees and it's like, okay, you're on the brink of a fever. That's
0: <laughs> so true. I never thought of it that way, but that's, that's definitely a good way to put it. Like
1: um, if, if it's easy for us to overheat, think about the earth and think about how huge that is mm. and how that, oh my God, it just started
0: raining. It definitely, yeah, it definitely takes a lot to change the temperature In the atmosphere, two degrees, even like half a degree, something's wrong. And that was a really, really good comparison between body temperature and the planet's temperature. I thought that really put it into perspective. To
1: move on from that, the ocean has absorbed a lot of this heat with the top 100 meters, which is about 328 feet from the, of the ocean, showing warming of more than 0.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And f- the water has such a high specific heat, so the fact that fossil fuels and just the amount of heat in the atmosphere is heating up the ocean, that's terrifying. Right. <laughs> like, when the ocean starts heating up, that's when ocean acidification increases and, and then... Like the coral reef starts dying and the organisms that are and the aquatic life in the ocean start dying. Like people don't understand that this stuff is happening at such a fast rate.
0: Mm-hmm. Plus, most of the energy that we can use, most of the energy that's uh, accessible to us, ninety percent of it is stored in the ocean. And this is the same body of bodies of water that have such high specific heat that it would take A lot to change even 0.1 degree of a body of water. Now you're talking about like all of it combined and it changed 0.6 degrees. That is very, very substantial.
1: The Greenland and Antarctic ice sheets are melting away at a devastatingly fast rate. (laughs) Even in places like Alaska and just anywhere that there's Ice and glaciers and stuff like that. Everything's melting. And I feel like, yes, it does change based on the season. But when you see that the ice is melting and isn't reforming, don't you think that that would alarm some people?
0: It should. It really should.
1: And, like, you see all these videos, and we've been seeing them for years, I feel like, of polar bears, like, swimming in the water because there's no ice for them to lay on or, like...
0: You're right. We've been seeing these things forever um, but we refuse to do anything about it
1: totally and it's like it's one of those things like the longer you wait the more difficult it's going to be right it's starting to seem like the more we wait the more impossible it's going to be like Mm. the whole the whole way to like tackle a problem is to slowly chip away at it but I feel like at this point we're just like at this point it feels like okay dive in like head first or don't do anything at all, which is not a great way to look at it. Yeah. To kind of tag along with that, uh, the glaciers that are retreating almost everywhere in the Alps, the Himalayas, the Andes, the Rockies, Alaska, and Africa, the amount of spring snow cover in the Northern Hemisphere has decreased over the past five decades, and the snow is melting earlier, which is very important to note. So not only is, like, beforehand, where the ice would melt based on the season. Now it's melting, not in season, it's just melting. (laughs) The global sea level rose about eight inches in the last century. The rate in the last two decades is nearly double that of the last century. So to kind of rephrase what that actually means, the rate at which our sea level is rising in the last two decades, which is 20 years (laughs) is nearly double that of the last century.
0: Wow. That's crazy.
1: I literally, like, it's crazy to think that also, like, I live Long Island. I don't think it's an island. I think it's a peninsula. I could be wrong. But we are called Long Island because we are mostly surrounded by water. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, like, not having my home anymore because the sea level is rising, Mm. is kind of a scary thought. Right. And also like waterfront property, for example, like what a waste of money because you're spending so much money on a, what seems like a very luxurious home because it's by the water, blah, blah, But like soil erosion is a really real thing. And that's how our sea levels are also rising because of our soil erosion and because of the ice melting And because of like ocean acidification, which causes more erosion, everything is linked with one another. I feel like I didn't explain that as well as I could have. And that could be a podcast in its own. Like, what are the other things that cause climate change besides like, okay, like CO2 emissions, which is the most contributing factor, but it's literally everything else happening at the same time.
0: (laughs) I mean, even take Hurricane Sandy, uh, for instance, that was definitely a buildup of, environmental change and drastic totally uh, even now many more people are cautious about buying homes like right along the jersey shore because the water levels are rising so much and all of a sudden like one high tide and there goes your five there goes your like one million dollar investment exactly it's scary
1: that's, that's the theme of the episode. Scary. Yeah. So, okay. Now, you know, now hopefully everyone is up to up to speed about what is climate change and why we should all be scared. So, so like, what is renewable energy? It's a form of clean energy that is provided by natural sources present in nature. Wow. What a beautiful definition. Yes. So <laughs> renewable energy is solar energy, hydro energy, biofuel and geothermal energy and wind and wind.
0: Yes. One of my favorite ski mountains is Jimney peak in Vermont. And when you go to the top of the mountain, uh, you can actually see there's like wind turbines in the distance M- must be like 50 wind turbines. It's crazy how many wind turbines they have over there. But you know, this was, I don't know, 10 years ago when I first saw the wind turbines there, and I was amazed by it. And, you know, ever since then, I've been thinking like, what are the different ways that we can produce renewable energy? And since then, there's been like, like ways to capture wave energy and just different technological advancements that are changing uh, how we produce energy.
1: Totally. And I feel like I want a wind turbine in, like, my backyard. Like, I think they're so pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I remember once for, like, my AP Lang exam, it was, like, which I don't know if you, like, I don't know for anyone listening, but, like, it's a brutal exam. You have three essays back to back. Four essays, actually, I think. I forget. And one of them is, like, oh, like, argumentative. So, like, you pick a side. Okay. And for some reason I got the random one about wind turbines. And I was like, oh my God, I know so much about wind turbines. Like, this is great. This was back in high school. I was also taking AP environmental at the time. So I was like, I know everything about wind turbines. But essentially, like everything that was like pro-wind turbine was like, oh, like they're super like cost effective. They cause tons of energy. Like they only really turn off when there's not wind, but it's always harvesting wind somehow, like blah, blah, blah. Um, they're pretty, they're they're not that expensive. They are expensive to produce, but their benefit in the long run, like defeats the right. cost initially, like blah, 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 And everything that was like uh, against wood turbines was like, they're ugly and they're loud. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> like there was no evidence. And I was reading these articles. There's, you had to read eight articles within like 10 minutes. It was- oh, God. It was literally like the most like absurd exam I've ever taken in my entire life. However, I like didn't even spend that much time on the pros because I was like, I already know the pros. I was like, I need to know the cons. Like, what are the cons? Mm -hmm. It was literally just like the only like evident con that I saw was you have to harvest aluminum to actually create the wind turbine, which is like, yeah, you have to put in, unfortunately, pollution and you have to put in fossil fuels to actually get started on the clean energy. But once you get the clean energy, that's it. You right. don't have to go back to non-renewable non-renewable energy. You just keep moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't look backwards. And I feel like that's like the biggest thing. But I want a wind turbine in the back of my house. Like I just I think they're so pretty. That would and be it's, cool. You wanna know what you want to hear a hoax? They don't make noise. Whoever says they make noise is <laughs> lying. They don't make noise. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just don't.
0: About a year ago, I don't know, my whole family went on this whole renewable energy craze, I guess. I really don't know how to describe it, but we decided to buy solar panels. So we, it was a long process, actually. Um We had to get approved by the town to put them on the roof of our own house. I don't know why. That's so um, weird. It's not like we live in like any community or anything. It's just, they need to approve it for whatever reason. And then our energy provider needed to also approve it and they were actually able to regulate how many solar panels we could purchase and put on the roof of our own house. Like They were able to say, we want to keep you as a customer, as an energy customer who will take energy from the grid. And we want to keep you as a paying customer, so we will only let you uh, put these many solar panels on your house. And they were actually able to successfully do that. So to this day, we mostly use solar and we could frankly go all solar, but it's really the energy company that's saying no, we don't want to lose you as a paying customer. So we're going to regulate how much you can actually use from solar, which is crazy, okay. right? That doesn't that even sound me, fair.
1: That makes me livid. So like people that's people that are like anti-mask and stuff, and they're like, the government can't tell us what to do, like. I don't want to do this because it's my body. It's my rights. Okay. What about this? You yeah. want to do something to your own freaking house where you live and you can't do it. Because right. why? I'm an energy company. <laughs> and like the you... good.
0: It's for the good of your own house. It's for the good of society as a whole.
1: And it's not hurting anyone. It's like not. what?
0: It really makes no sense at all.
1: That makes me really, really mad. I'm mad for you. And I didn't even know that until now. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's frustrating. And there's like some theory that if you do go solar, the um, energy companies will actually charge your neighbors more to make up for the lost profit off of your property. I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that.
1: It'd be true because, well, okay. This is what, from my understanding. New houses that are being built today, like giant houses, like million dollar houses, they're like, in New York state at least, they are forced to be somewhat like solar friendly, mm-hmm. like at least half the house, depending on how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. The only reason why I know this is because my mom's a real estate agent. And when she lists like, in, like a, a good house or whatever, like they, a majority of the house is actually powered by solar just because wow. of how big it is and how like how devastating it would be to the environment had it not been powered by solar. That's good. But that being said, it's not, I don't think it's like physical solar panels that you will like see on the traditionally on the top of people's houses. Like they're, I guess it's like more modernly like implemented into the house where you can't really see them.
0: Hmm. If that makes sense. Is it like uh, the shingles, like the roof is actually solar?
1: Something like that. I don't want to say something that I don't know, but something like that where it's not the actual physical panel that's like attached to the house. And Mm. oftentimes, which is so, again, dumb, when you put solar panels onto your property, it brings down the property value because it doesn't look great or something. Mm. But I feel like that's a very societal, like about standard, about what looks good and what doesn't.
0: Right. But nowadays you have these, you have technology that can actually trap the energy created by solar panels like um tesla has their own tesla power wall which pretty much you put in your garage and it traps all of the excess energy created by solar panels because we half the time we don't even use all of the energy that's created by the solar panels we right um during the summer with such a uh, long periods of yeah high sunlight we don't we can't even use that much energy so it just Kind of goes to waste. I really don't know what happens to it, but it's it can't be stored unless you buy these contraptions. But this new technology is still emerging, and hopefully, one day you you know, if like God forbid, your power goes out for seven days, maybe you can live fully on solar and not have to worry about it.
1: I know, and I feel like the fact that you said like where does the energy go? Like that's well, obviously like energy is neither destroyed or. Cr- or created it's simply (laughs) transferred right but like you're right where does it go and that's annoying that like you can't store the energy for yourself yeah without paying for some type of contraption that actually holds the energy which is so confusing to think about but anyways renewable energy like i just said like well yeah renewable energy sources do not directly emit to greenhouse gases like i was saying like you when you use renewable energy like you're not contributing to global warming climate change directly low key you are because you have to build the solar panels which they <laughs> have to create with fossil fuels blah, blah 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 but once you're done with that step moving forward which is what we need to do you're not creating any pollution right which is crazy <laughs> yeah um yeah go ahead what were you gonna say
0: that was it <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay um So kind of going back to the whole political climate that's changing, what exactly is Biden's plan? I had to do a project, not a project, I had to write an essay during when the presidential debates and stuff are going on. Hmm. I had to listen to those debates and watch them more than once and, (laughs) and extract each person's policy plan on economy, immigration, and and uh, topics like rbg and like stuff like that so one of the things i wrote about obviously was climate change and biden's plan from what i gathered through his impromptu uh debate style conversation was that he he doesn't he okay well, let's see what he is gonna do he wants a green economy that's gonna make millions of jobs and have tax incentives And he just, in general, wants to make the environment a safer place to be. Okay. He said something that really stuck to me during the debate. And he was like, we spend billions of dollars on the havocs of floods and hurricanes and wildfires. And instead of paying to replace and to undo the damage that these natural disasters have caused, we need to put in money on back into the environment to prevent these natural disasters from happening and i feel like that is way better than saying we just need to combat climate change we need to we need to you know cut down on emissions like the fact that he made the connection that climate change leads to natural disasters and that we need to spend money preventing the natural disasters from happening that says that speaks volumes to me right that shows me that he has an understanding of actually what climate change is. Instead of just saying climate change is bad,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: global warming is bad. We need to, we need to help fix it. Like blah, blah, Like he made the connection, which is, it's, it says that to me, at least it tells me that, okay, change is actually coming, that we can actually maybe do something about this.
0: I'm very, very hopeful.
1: One thing I did uh, not fail to note was that fracking won't be banned. Mm -hmm. And Matt, do you know what hydrofracking is?
0: Uh, you know, I know what fracking is, but I don't know that much about it.
1: Okay. I don't know if there's a difference between fracking and hydrofracking. I'm pretty sure they're the same thing. I'm almost positive. But basically, um, it's when you drill into the center of the earth <laughs> and extract oil. Mm. Or gas, rather. But what happens is you drill, I think it's like... a <sighs> I don't know how many miles, a ton of, a bunch of miles down into the earth and you send tons of water down. That's high, highly like pressurized. And that water is mixed with a bunch of chemicals that help to create a tube. I don't know how to explain it. That's weird. Basically you're sending tons of fresh water mixed with chemicals down into the earth to extract natural gas. And in doing so, you are getting natural gas, which is burned for whatever, and fossil fuels and blah, 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 But also that chemical water concoction is so potent and toxic that they literally just like put them in chemical holding ponds. That's what they're called. And where these chemical holding ponds are, I have literally no idea. I generally don't know, I don't know where they go, but they go somewhere. And usually when they're, like, extracting these pollutants, they, you know, they just literally put it on land. That ends up, like, that liquid ends up leaching into the ground, which can eventually get into your groundwater. And it's just scary because it's like, first off, we still are looking for natural gas and fossil fuels, which we should stop doing. And we're we're wasting fresh water. On fossil fuels, and we're running out of fresh water. That's a whole other episode that we could talk about. But fresh water is so precious to us nowadays, and we are wasting it on extracting natural gas from the center of the earth. And we're we're leaving them in chemical holding ponds that leak into the ground and contaminate groundwater and can hurt other organisms in the process of doing so. Right. So that's a little briefing on hydrofracking, which won't be banned, but I think it should be.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: But I guess on the positive note, it's always good to start somewhere. Yep. Okay. So that was a lot of, that was a lot of stuff. That was a lot of going back and forth. What does this mean? What does everything mean? Like I said, it's a step in the right direction, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. And I feel like everyone's always like, okay, but like, what do I do about it? Like, This is just like policy and blah, 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 blah. Like, what can I do about it? First off, people shape policy. The consumer market can shift the way products are created and from the shelves. It's up to us, really, to be the driving force of legislation. But on a more personal level, things that you can do on a daily basis is number one, be hyper aware of everything that you're doing to contribute to climate change. Understand the ramifications of using a plastic fork. Just just be better. And when I it's say so- by using a plastic fork, I literally mean by using a plastic fork. Like,
0: yeah,
1: why? Just don't do
0: it. I mean, I still know people who they will never use a reusable water bottle like they always just take a plastic water bottle from the fridge like
1: what
0: what's the point i really i don't get it at all
1: yeah i have one cousin that does that every time he comes over um he brings his own case of water bottles because he knows that we don't have any plastic water bottles in the house it's just that we don't um and every time he takes out a water bottle i literally shame him (laughs) (laughs) every time i'm like do you realize like that you're so wasteful.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And he goes, I'm recycling it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, recycling is good. But recycling uses a ton of fossil fuels to recycle.
0: There's really no need anymore. Um,
1: there isn't. Just don't use it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, yeah, just, just don't use plastics. Just don't. And then I went on like a bender last night of thinking, okay, like people are very like, what can I do about climate change, blah, blah. blah the number one thing is to not be wasteful and to use everything you have to it's like fullest capacity and extent. Right. Yep. So I found like the, this website, there's tons of them, apparently not tons. There's a, a select few that have like tree free toilet paper. So they're made from like bamboo and stuff. Hmm. Um, Toilet paper, paper towels. That stuff is to me, to me is like crazy. Cause it's like, think about how many rolls of toilet paper you go through in like a month. Hmm. And they, I don't know if you use paper towels, but, like, I know in my house we use paper towels, and I I never use them personally, but I know my mom, my brothers, and my dad does. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's contributing to our overall carbon footprint, and I think that I'm going to switch over to bamboo, toilet paper, and um, paper towels, because why not? It does the job. Right. <laughs> um, also, there's this thing called forever soap which is basically like, wait, I'm sorry. It's not called Forever Soap. I nicknamed it Forever Soap. <laughs> basically, like for hand soap, for example, you buy like a glass bottle, you fill it with water, you put in like a tablet and the packaging is minimum and it's like soap.
2: Hmm.
1: You have soap right away. You put this tablet in some water and you have soap. <laughs> and so think about instead of buying like all those plastic soap bottles at like Costco or, mm. or wherever you get your soap from, You're now you have an alternative where it's literally just like a pretty glass bottle, a soap tablet that has minimum packaging, and it does the job. You're washing your hands.
0: Right. I mean, literally every single part of our daily life uses some form of plastic or aluminum or something. Or even Um,
1: paper. We're we're just wasting. We're so wasteful.
0: Yeah. I mean, even and half the time it's done for convenience i would say Um, not because it's the better way but because it's the easier way
1: so not only does this um company have uh like hand soap but they also have dishwasher soap and they have dishwasher like the actual things that go in your dishwasher does that make sense (laughs) like the pods so not only do they have like heavy duty soap that'll if you're hand washing dishes um they have like real dishwasher stuff that you put in your dishwasher (laughs) and it cleans your dishes Hmm. and they have washing machine tablets, which is so cool. And I feel like that is something that goes unnoticed a lot. Yeah. that We use so much plastic and it's become so normalized. We don't even realize that when you're doing your laundry, you're using plastic too. Imagine cutting out on the, the material that you're using by just throwing in a tablet in your washing machine and your clothes are clean. Hmm. That's crazy to me that is um they also have like all-purpose cleaners and like stuff to de- like to sanitize your house and they're all natural and they're all like paraben free they're all phthalate free they're all like, triclosan free like I saw these words and I'm like I was un I was so like blown away by the fact that I did not know about this mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a failing on my own part like I should do my research better but now that I know I'm like not even kidding Matt like my house is about to be purged of everything it was purged of before. Like, I feel like M- Matt, you probably know this, and anyone who's listening, if you don't, if you know me personally, like, once I know something, I'm, I will be on a sabbatical to try to <laughs> do everything I can to prevent my own carbon footprint from getting bigger. Absolutely,
0: we should we should this, all be that way.
1: Yeah, and and like yes, you can think okay, well, like this toilet paper is 10 cents more expensive than it you would be at the store. Okay, cool. It's an investment. Yeah. Not only an investment for yourself, you're probably wiping your tushy with something way better for the environment and for you. Probably uh, toilet paper is usually bleached, right? Isn't that like not good? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, to move on from that, uh, we've mentioned this in the past episode too. I think it was like our personal care product one, but use an eco-friendly like shampoo and and use soap bars instead of using the plastic packaged ones the more and more I think about it the more and more I'm turned off by um like shampoo and body wash Mm -hmm. plastic bottles they make literally no sense to me like I want a shampoo bar that seems so fun and it's eco-friendly and it's like trendy that's and they they and they come in like tons of like natural scents and they're pretty they have like real flowers in them and stuff and like they smell good and all the reviews are good too so i'm gonna i that's another thing i want to (laughs) try oh my god this is my favorite one this is my favorite one go thrifting stand against fast fashion fast fashion is literally the in my opinion yes it's like Um, cars and and gas powered things and stuff but like fast fashion is literally like to me is one of the most pertinent things that are contributing to climate change because Matt I don't know about you but like every girl my age is like all about like all these companies make money off of terribly derived materials so mostly things are made out of like plastic or nylon and and They create cheap clothes. Like I could buy a top for like $3 and it looks like something that you could get at like a more accredited store, Mm -hmm. but for a way, way cheaper and way less quality. And will you'll probably throw it out after wearing it like three times because it doesn't fit anymore. It shrinks, it rips, whatever the case may be.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. The way these products are produced is insane. They're being extracted from the environment through like cutting down trees and using, I think it's, called, I forget what it's called, but there's like a way to like filter trees into making clothes and it's very unethically sourced and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And these companies profit off of like exploiting labor and like just like tons of like just bad stuff. And then you're not only buying these clothes for cheap that are being produ- produced in an unethical way, but then you're throwing them out because just like fast fashion says, once it gets out of trend, you're not going to wear anymore. And because it's so cheap and Ill- invaluable to you, you're just going to throw it out. Wow. And then you go through this every season. I was like this for a while. I'm not even going to lie. I throughout like high school and middle school, the amount of clothes I would be buying and the amount of clothes I'd be throwing out, I'm embarrassed to say how much. And if that's just me, somebody who is environmentally like conscious, okay. yeah, I can't even imagine people that don't even know anything Just being very, very wasteful and and selfish in terms of what they're buying and what they're throwing out. So I think that like thrifting and just buying clothes that are of better quality, not only be better for you, (laughs) but will be better for the earth in the long run.
0: Yeah, of course. All right. So the next thing we have is to eat leaner meats or just eat less meat. And this this is a really, really interesting one. Um, because there are new there's new food coming out all the time you know plant-based food the other day I tried an impossible burger and it is fantastic it tastes exactly like a regular burger you really cannot weird to me (laughs) you cannot tell the difference and it's it tastes good
1: I mean and for me too it's like I never was really like a meat eater person growing up anyways so like to me, it's just normally part of my diet. Like I just don't eat that much meat. Mm -hmm. And that to me, like the fact that that is helping the environment makes me feel so much better about myself too. Like you're already doing something that is, and like, this is ingrained into my life. Like I never really eat red meat, like ever actually. Like I just don't like it. Uh But for those people that do, like that's okay, but just choose to eat less of it. Like- I would never tell someone like you cannot eat that like what that's not I'm not in the jurisdiction to do that and also like it's you do you like I don't know but like <laughs> <laughs> it could be a good idea to like instead of I feel like we're brainwashed into thinking that we need to eat meat for every um meal of the like ev- not even healthy every day you it's, don't
0: need it's to- not even healthy there's really
1: exactly it's not I healthy. guess I
0: guess people used to think that it it's a great source of protein and it is, but there are plenty of other ways to get protein nowadays without having to eat red meat.
1: Absolutely. And like by eating leaner meats, like chicken and like Turkey and stuff, like you're helping the environment because producing cattle is, Oh my God, this is a whole other thing we could talk about too. Yeah, It's, it's, It's horrible. Well, we're wasting money and, and fresh water on creating tons and tons and tons of food for, cattle and we need tons and tons of land to let the cattle graze on and i don't know i feel like that's a whole other thing we can talk about how about how the agricultural industry is contributing to climate change but in conclusion it's just not good (laughs) not good for you not good for the environment yeah so if you can eat less meat or eat leaner meats you're doing a really good job um at reducing your carbon footprint and this last bullet, Matt, um, my favorite, it's just be a better human. <laughs> just do That's the best it. you can to be aware of what's happening
0: and just do your part. I feel like we can say this in every single podcast. Totally. You don't need to change your entire life tomorrow. It's more of making more conscious decisions. Now that we've given you all of this information, all of the effects of climate change um, how you can change your own lifestyle, start doing one or two things. And now is a perfect time. It's January 3rd that we're recording this, and it's the start of a new year. It's the start of the new you. You can change your lifestyle today.
1: That was a really good pitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally what Matt said, be a better human, be aware. And, and I just don't like when people say, okay, like, what do I do? We just told you what to do. Yeah. We told you verbatim on how you can change your lifestyle and reduce your carbon footprint, like, astronomically. So I want everyone that's listening to look out your window, look at the trees, and say thank you. And moving forward, just make better decisions on how you want to live your life for a healthier you and the healthier – and for the benefit of the environment –
0: Thank you all for listening to our podcast on climate change. Um, We're going into this new year with hopes and dreams and uh, a lot of uncertainty still, but it's a new year and I guess I'm just excited for 2021. I think it's going to be a good year and I'm excited to see some kind of change.